This is Running the Race with Pastor Eddie Pinero of Calvary Chapel of Milford in Milford, Pennsylvania. So obviously the strength that Timothy's need is not going to be his own strength. It's not his own strength, but he is to be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And quite often we tend to think about what, what can I do for the Lord? What strength and how much energy I need to put into the ministry? The reality is none. We depend on the Holy Spirit. We depend on the power of God. If we trust in ourselves and our own strength, we are doomed to fail. Timothy was a young pastor in a very influential city during the time of Paul's letter. Paul is writing to give him instruction and encouragement in pastoring the church. In today's message, Pastor Eddie will be sharing about the importance of knowing where our strength comes from. Paul encouraged Timothy that he couldn't do these things on his own, but had to rely on strength from the Lord. Like Timothy, we must rely on the Holy Spirit. Well, Let's join Pastor Eddie in the book of 2 Timothy chapter 2 as he begins his message, A Good Soldier of Christ. Second Timothy chapter 2. Well, let us pray for the word. Lord, we ask, Lord, that your Holy Spirit continue to be with us, Lord, especially now as we study your word. Uh, we, we don't want to hear from man. We don't want to hear from, definitely no, they don't want to hear from me, Lord. Uh, we want to hear from you, directly from your word. So we ask your Holy Spirit who inspired the Apostle Paul to write to Timothy during the end of his ministry uh, to encourage him. And Lord, that encouragement continues here today with us. And so, Lord, we ask that you would be our teacher, Lord. Help us, Lord, to hold fast to the gospel, to not be ashamed, to share the gospel, and to teach one another. So, Lord, we ask that your Holy Spirit would be here with us, Lord. Open up our ears that we may hear, our eyes that we may see, a mind to understand your word, and our hearts ready to receive. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, we looked at, uh, the last time we were together, we looked at 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 8 through 18. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 8 through 18. And there the Apostle Paul writes to Timothy, his protege, his son in the faith. He encourages him and he says, do not be ashamed of the gospel and do be loyal to the gospel. Do not be ashamed of the gospel and be loyal to the gospel. Well, that brings us to uh, chapter 2 of 2 Timothy. Uh, Verses 1 through 13, verses 1 through 13. So let us read the passage before us. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses, verse 1. Paul writes, You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. You therefore must endure hardship. As a good soldier of Jesus Christ, no one engages in warfare, entangles himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. 
And also, if anyone competes in athletics, he is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. The hardworking farmer must be first to partake of the crops. Consider what I say, and may the Lord give you understanding in all things. Remember that Jesus Christ of the seed of David was raised from the dead according to my gospel, for which I suffer trouble as an evildoer, even to the point of chains. But the word of God is not chained. Therefore, I undo all things for the sake of the elect. They also may obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. This is a faithful saying. For if we died with him, we shall also live with him. If we endure, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful. He cannot deny himself. Well, in this passage, the Apostle Paul provides Timothy with further instruction for effective ministry. Remember, this is a pastoral epistle, but much of what's said here is also applicable for us, for every, every single one, regardless of where you are in, in, in the Lord, whether you just surrender your life to Christ, it's applicable for us. And so in verse in verses 1 through 7, the Apostle Paul, he's going to give Timothy instructions on how to be a good soldier, how to be a good soldier, how to follow the Lord and not get entangled with the things of this world. And then in verses 8 through 13, the Apostle Paul tells Timothy to remember Jesus Christ, remember Jesus Christ. And so we read our text, let us now study it verse by verse. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1, Paul writes this, You therefore, my son... Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. To be strong. The verb here, to be strong, is in the imperative. Making this a commandment. It's a command. It's a command, Timothy. So he commands Timothy to be strong. Be strong. Now, the word strong here, the root word in the Greek is dunamis, where we get the word dynamite, and it's, it, it means power, and so he's telling, at this time, you could think, you know, what, why Paul is sharing this with Timothy. But at this time, the Christians, if you remember in our last study, uh, many of the Christians in Asia Minor kind of abandoned the Apostle Paul, including Phygelus and Hermogenes, and they deserted Paul, and they deserted the cause of the gospel. And Paul was in prison simply for one thing, sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. And how can any fellow Christians, uh, you know, be ashamed of that? If we find any Christians that are being in prison for any reason, I see either here in the United States, in Europe, or around the world, and we should stand alongside them and not be ashamed. And that's what Paul was telling Timothy in chapter 1. And so Paul is encouraging Timothy. He says, be strong. And, and, and you could just hear the words that he's speaking to Timothy. Be strong, my son. Be strong in grace that is in Christ Jesus. So obviously the strength that Timothy is needing is not going to be his own strength. It's not his own strength, but he is to be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And quite often we tend to think about what, what can I do for the Lord? What strength and how much energy I need to put into the ministry? The reality is none. <laughs> we depend on the Holy Spirit. We depend on the power of God. If we trust in ourselves and our own strength, we are doomed to fail. 
and take it from me. Not only as a Christian since the age of eight, but over 20 years of ministry, I've done things, try to do things in my own strength personally, even as a leader, of a, as a pastor, and I realized I kind of messed it up. I went ahead of, ahead of God. We need to trust in the Lord. And knowing that if you can't do it, that's okay because Christ is the one that enables us and he's the one, it is through him that we can do things. That's what Jesus said in John chapter 15, verse 5. Jesus says, for without me, you can do nothing, nothing, not some things, nothing. But if we are strong in Christ Jesus, there is nothing that you and I can can do in faith, in our walk with the Lord, in ministry as followers of Jesus Christ. As a matter of fact, Paul writes this to the church in Philippi, in Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. Paul says this, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It doesn't say I can do some of the things. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So our strength, our dunamis, if you will, the power for us to, to live as Christians, to continue on in the ministry, is in Christ, is in Christ alone. Not in your intellect, not in your strength, but in him alone. Verse 2, he says, And the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. And so the Apostle Paul, we know he's near his death. He's about to be put to death. This is his last letter that we're reading. And he's pouring in all that he has into his son in the faith, passing the ministry mantle onto Timothy. And so he gives him another, it's another command. Pass this on, these teaching, pass on the gospel of Jesus Christ to other faithful men who will be able to teach others also. And so this is what he commissioned him to do. You, you have, as I taught, you know, can you imagine the ministry that the Apostle Paul had? If you look at the back of your Bibles, you find those maps, and that's why they're there. So you can see how far the Apostle Paul traveled during his first missionary journey. You see that he traveled just a little bit around Asia Minor. Then his second missionary journey, he covers more ground further up north. And then the third missionary journey, he continues on. But all the people that he has taught, all the churches that has birthed out of his faithfulness to the Lord and his ministry, he carried on. He taught, discipled, and he raised up teachers and pastors to pastor over these churches. And so these men uh, that Paul is referring to here, they must have the following qualities. These are the two qualities they must have. The first is that they are to be faithful men. Faithful men. Who are you going to teach Timothy? He didn't ask him, but I'm just saying. Who are you going to teach Timothy? Well, I'm going to pass it on first to faithful men. And what does that mean? This is to be responsible, trustworthy, and and, in their walk, in, in their faith, in the word, and in the ministry. Faithful men. When you find faithful men like this, these are the people that you are to pour into and teach them how to teach. The second requalification is that they are able to teach. They're able to teach. Now, not everybody is a teacher. Uh, You may be able to teach some people some things, but when it comes to the Word of God, one must be able to teach, especially when it deals with the Word of God. It's important because there's so many teachers out there that we find that are false teachers. And we know them. They're all over TV. They're They're all over the Barnes and Nobles, the books that they sell. 
how to be a 10 steps to a better you. And a lot of stuff is not biblical. The whole book is not biblical. You can't be nothing without Christ. There is nothing good in me. The Bible says what the scripture says, the heart is corrupt. Who can know it? It's desperately wicked. But the ability to teach the word of God is also a gift from God. It's a gift from God. And we see that as Paul writes to the church in Ephesus, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. Paul writes this, and he himself, speaking of Christ, gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 28. And God has appointed these in the church, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers. Again, this is a pastoral epistle. It's a pastor writing to a pastor. And this is what he's encouraging Tim- Timothy. As a matter of fact, in his first epistle, his first letter, he writes this to Timothy. In 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 2, he writes this. A bishop or pastor is synonymous to two terms. Then must be blameless, the husband of one wife, temperate, sober-minded, of good behavior, hospitable, and able to teach. Able to teach. It's crucial. You either have the gift or you have the calling, either or you don't. By the way, one who's able to teach implies also he's able to learn. He's able to learn. You know, to be a good teacher, you have to be a good student. To be a good leader, you have to be a good uh, follower. To be a good supervisor, you have to be a good employee. You know, and, and we, this is the way God works, too, even when it comes to authority. A lot of people love authority. Oh, yes. Type A people. Oh, yeah, I love authority. But, you know, God doesn't give authority unless you learn how to submit to authority. People love, the, they love it. But we must study and understand and teach the word of God, have a clear understanding of what God is saying through his word. And it's, it's important because that helps also filter out your wisdom. Worldly wisdom. You filter out the world when you're studying the word of God. You know, you're studying in the sense, well, also by devotion, but you study in, in, in the way to be able to teach others. But in the process, you're growing closer to the Lord and you just strip all the wisdom of the world means nothing. You realize, no, God knows he has the answer. This is much better. And it's important because if you're going to teach others, you might as well have the truth, the whole truth. Now, you don't have to be a pastor to teach, and this is a perfect example. So again, this is applicable for us as well, for all of us, and we're to teach, and we're to teach our children, you know. The Bible says, husband, teach your wife. Teach your wife. That's what the Bible says. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 22. We're to teach each other. Teach teach a person that you led to Christ. How many times we shared uh, the gospel to someone and said, okay, you accepted Christ and now you believe that Jesus is the Savior of the world. Without him, you can't go to heaven. And okay, have a good day. No, we needed to, you need to continue to follow up the people that you actually led to the Lord and disciple and teach them the word of God and also home Bible study. So, however, we could see in the context here and in this passage, because it's a pastoral epistle, that Paul is referring to pastors, to, you know, for Timothy, teach other pastors, teach other teachers so they could teach other people. And so uh, it is that is it the teacher 
teaching a teacher who in turn teaches other teachers who then teach still other teachers. It's to go on and on and on and on. And we can actually, you know, we are... Today, we're reading this epistle. I don't know if that means something. 2,000 years ago, uh, Paul shared the gospel. He wrote this letter to Timothy, and Timothy actually was faithful to it. And how we know? Because we're studying it today. I don't know how many hundreds of thousands, maybe millions of teachers that had made his way from Paul. And you know how you see that family tree and from the apostle Paul, his ministry to Timothy and, and all the other people. And, and it just continues on. And here we are, Calvary Chapel of Milford. Uh, we are studying the word of God because a, a young man named Timothy was faithful to be obedient to his pastor, his teacher. And now he's teaching others. It's a beautiful thing. You can't make this up. Verse 3. You therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. We'll endure hardship. And, you know, like a soldier on active service, the pastor or Christian is in. We're in this spiritual battle. The pastor is on the forefront of this spiritual warfare. Believe it or not. <laughs> believe it or not. There's so many things that, as a pastor, I know is spiritual warfare. That I've been through, I don't announce it, but it's, it's some serious stuff. I'm grateful that I have other pastors that I could talk to and, and just seek wisdom and advice. We, we're enlisted, you know, we're called to be soldiers uh, in active duty, and we, we, we're to follow the commander, Jesus Christ. And we're in this spiritual battle because it's not carnal, it's not carnal. It's spiritual. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12 says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. And in this warfare, you will endure hardship. Any battle, any war, you're going to endure hardship. And this is what Paul is telling Timothy. You're going to endure hardship. It's not like Timothy didn't know. (laughs) He'd been in prison with the apostle Paul. He probably, you know, bandaged up some of his uh, wounds from being stoned or, or whipped you know, he knows exactly, but he's reminding him because quite often we need to be reminded that our spiritual walk as Christians is not easy. You're going to deal with some spiritual battles and we need to be ready. In fact, just as a good soldier who goes to war, he knows he will suffer injuries, will be wounded at war, maybe impossible, will die. And what does that mean? Well, you could die spiritually. You know, you just, you just, you just cold. You don't, you know, your prayers are cold. Your heart is cold. Everything's cold. And you just drift away from the Lord. And you're born again, but you have the Holy Spirit kind of bring this conviction into you, you know. Hey, you know, we need to spend time with the Lord. And that's what happens. You just get cold and you drift away. And so to the good soldier of Jesus Christ, this is what we're going to sell. We're going to suffer hardship. First Peter chapter 2, verse 21, it says, for this you were called. You were called. You were called to suffer. You know that? As Christians, you were called to suffer. It says, for this you were called because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow in his steps. Christ set the example, the cross, 
the cross. The God that we serve, Jesus Christ, suffered. He died. We too will suffer. We will suffer. Jesus said this, you know, as a commander, he's our, he's our commander. He leads the way to the cross as he suffered. He said this in John chapter 15, verse 20. He says, remember the word that I say to you. A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. Now, for the sake, I just, and don't mind the change, I just want to add, because we're good soldiers, right? We're privates, right? And Jesus Christ is our commander. I want to read that verse again, but letting you know who you are and who Christ is. Remember the word that the Lord said to you, a private is not greater than his commander, if they persecute the commander, they will also persecute the private. <laughs> and we're soldiers in the army of God. And it doesn't mean that we pick up weapons and there's a lot of different crazy, whacked out religions uh, under Christianity that think that the battle is physical. You look throughout history. You know what happened to crusaders and all these Christians are doing things on behalf of God. God doesn't need you to wipe out any army. He can wipe out the army without you. But it's not physical. After Christ, it was never physical. It was always spiritual. I had one, I met an individual who's actually, he said, yeah, I just want to find a place here in Pennsylvania and uh, I need to get land. And supposedly he's supposed to be a minister somewhere in the city. I don't know. And he said, yeah, you know, there's going to be a war. And we Christians need to be ready. And he tells me, oh, but the first war, don't, don't fight that battle. The second one. I said, I was already lost, but I already knew he was lost. <laughs> because it's not biblical. <laughs> Jesus said, he who lives by the sword, what? Dies by the sword, right? It's not physical. The only time that I would get physical, if anybody comes into my house and tries to harm my wife and my family, we're going we're gonna to throw down Bronx style, okay? <laughs> a short guy from the Bronx had to learn how to fight, trust me. <laughs> but the reality is that's when you have to defend. But we're in call to fight. You and Peter, you remember when Peter pulled out his sword? He said, you know, Peter, put away your, your sword. And even for Jesus... Even to fight for Jesus. Yeah, we should fight for Jesus in the sense that, hey, if people mock the, the name of the Lord, you should stand up for him. If you love Jesus Christ and people mock Jesus, you need to stand up. How much do you love the Lord? That you can say, wait, listen, um, you know, don't use the Lord's name in vain. He might forget to wake you up tomorrow morning. You know, and, and there you take a stand. But we're not to fight physical. But a soldier of Christ is also one who's devoted himself to pleasing his commander his Lord Jesus Christ. And so that's the way a soldier would concentrate on soldiering to fulfill the, the, the command by his commander. And that's what we're called to be as pastors, leaders, and even as Christians. You've been listening to Running the Race with Pastor Eddie. We've been looking at some useful and practical advice from the Apostle Paul that he wrote to Timothy. This book jumps into what it looks like to be a leader in the church. Paul doesn't shy away from encouraging those who are young to run with zeal and not grow discouraged. 1 Timothy 4.12 says, Let no one despise your youth, but be an example to the believers in word, in conduct, in spirit, in faith, in purity. 
If you're facing opposition because of your age, be reminded that Timothy faced similar struggles, and God used him mightily, just like he can use you too. We're so glad you joined us today for Running the Race. Are you in the New York, New Jersey, or Pennsylvania area? If so, Jessica has an invitation for you. We'd love to have you come join us at Calvary Chapel of Milford. We're conveniently located off Interstate 84 and Route 6. For service times and all the information you need, visit runningtheraceradio.com and click on the Back to Homepage button. While you're there, you can listen to this teaching again or explore more messages from Pastor Eddie. Again, that website is runningtheraceradio.com. Thanks, Jessica. On our website, we also have some helpful resources to assist you in what you're learning or how you're studying the Bible. Just click on the Study Helps tab at runningtheraceradio.com. We're so glad you tuned in today. And we look forward to the next edition in the book of 1 Timothy on Running the Race.